Welcome to the True Logic, the podcast edition, the place where we talk about trends, news, and insights for businesses and individuals who want to succeed in digital marketing. Join our host, SEO expert and certified mama's boy, Burn Sun One, as he gives you insights on digital marketing fundamentals, tips and best practices, and easy conversations with industry experts about the latest trends and happenings in the digital world. Let's get started. Have you ever suffered from an idea drought? And this is like one of those situations where you know you have to write something, but you don't know what to write about. Like what topic should you cover in your vertical, in your niche? How should you pull traffic? How should you attract customers? How do you lead them into to your content? And then how do you stand out from the competition, right? Well, one of the strategies that you can do is gap analysis. And if you do it right, you'll know how to provide the best value and the best experiences to your target audiences. Welcome to True Logic DX podcast. This is yet another episode where I am joined by Pochola Torres, who is one of the wordsmiths in the organization. Welcome, Poch, and welcome to all of you. Let's get this podcast started. Okay, so let's let's start talking about a content gap analysis. Poch, like, so so what the, what is that? In the work that we do, content right. gap analysis pertains to the process of the marketer looking mm-hmm. at what they can produce right. for the brand or the business in their content and what is lacking in that content. Right. So it involves looking at their competitors, right. looking what's out there, and seeing what the content needs right. for it to succeed. So I'll do... I will do the, the vulgar definition, right? Like, because <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's the nice general patronage definition, right? So I'll, I'll do the vulgar definition. To me, gap analysis is making an assumption that the, the online traffic game is zero sum, right? Like, right. in order for you to gain traffic, you gotta steal it from somebody. Mm-hmm. And this is where the word vulgar comes in. <laughs> this is how to steal traffic from your competitors. So this is what this podcast is about. Okay. Let's talk about, you know, like Ocean's Eleven, <laughs> let's, let's treat gap analysis like that. Why, why does it matter? Why does gap analysis matter, Poch? Why does it matter? Well, you could look at it this way. So when you're writing content for, for a campaign and you have no idea like how to start it, how much work is necessary for right. you to succeed, this is where you can start with your content gap right. analysis. It's in the research phase. For example, uh, when you're writing about remittances. Right, right. This is a good example. When you're writing about remittances for a, for a business. Right. Search. First, I start with the search. I look at all the results in the first page right. or the ones in the snapback right. snippets. Right. And look at what makes this content rank. Right. Okay. And I get so, the, and, and, get everything. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll, 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 so I'll dive into a bit more detail on, on that specific topic, right? Because it's not like you can ever perform a Google search and then Google has no position one, two, three, mm-hmm. four, right? Like it's not like, oh, I don't find any, nobody's good enough to be my one, two, three. So I'll start with blank, 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 four. That never happens. Mm-hmm. Somebody is always number one. Somebody is always right. number two. Somebody is always number three. And 
if you want to find out what content works for what topic, consult Google, right? Like Google will tell you, oh, by the way, I thought these were the most relevant pages. I thought these were the most relevant articles. These were the most relevant pieces against this topic. Sometimes it's not even a page referral, right? It's an answer box or it's a featured snippet or or whatever, right? So one of the first things is if you want to know what ranks, take a look at what Google ranks. Okay. And then what happens next? Now that you know what Google thinks is working. Right. So that's the standard you work with. It. So what so when you say it? what's working, what do you guys look at? Right? Because let's let's face right. it, you guys look at the content a bit more more algorithmically than just your standard mm-hmm. than just the standard writer, right? So mm-hmm. when you when you try to break down an article that ranks on Google, what are you looking at? So word count word sure. Count, sure. Does it actually provide value to the reader? Right. Okay. Is it relevant to what they're probably looking for? Right. So what's the relationship of the article Mm -hmm. to the motivation of the search? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. And what type of readers or what type of audiences are you trying to attract with your content? Right. I think that's important when you're you're crafting the content. You know who you're talking to. Right, right. Don't make a stiletto article for men, (laughs) right? That are over five foot eight. Right. So so I, I agree completely with, with everything you said, right? Like when you're performing a gap analysis, what you're really doing is you're you're taking somebody else's traffic market share and you're and you're bringing it to your brand or you're bringing it to your website. So when you do that, what are the tasks involved when it comes to performing a, a gap analysis, right? Like a one of them obviously is Who's your buyer? What's their journey, mm-hmm. right? Like, you you try to understand that, but clearly you can't perform. You can't start to create content without having done any type of research. What kind of research gets involved when you produce content like this? Well, since if it's for SEO, for example, right. you have to do keyword research, right? So alongside that, you also have to do competitor research, right? So you're looking at the keywords you're gonna be using and the other websites you're gonna be right. competing with. And, and the keywords because you're ultimately creating a piece of content for consumption, right? Mm-hmm. And so, again, if, if you do stilettos for Filipino men, that probably has a search volume of zero, right? In which case, you're not really content marketing, right? So, so do your market research, right? Pick out topics that actually, that Filipinos actually search for. Or mm-hmm. let's say you're not Filipino, right? Let's just say you're doing general keyword research, global right. interest. You you do have to perform some market research. You have to perform it in the way of keyword research because you want to know that there are people that are interested in that topic in the first place, or else what's the point, right? What's the what's the point of producing the the content? And then do you usually have to produce in order to to satisfy a search motivation? Mm-hmm. When do you when do you utilize already existing content and then just reshape it to make it more ag- algorithmically compatible? Or when do you have to produce altogether new content? Like when do you have to do one versus the other? Of course. So one of the things you also do is you you check your the website's existing right. content. If some of these pages have already satisfied the need of or, or the search right. theory of the of your audience, right. um, you can build on that page. Right. Add more content to it, uh, make it beefier, provide more value to the reader, and look at the pages that compete with it, and look what element is missing right. in, in existing page. Right. Otherwise, that's when you can create a new blog and right. basically structure it in a way that like 
you have your supporting pages. Right. You, you have your cornerstone. Yep. Page. So I'll, I'll give you an example, mm-hmm. no? a, a bit more concrete. Like, mm-hmm. So I'm not going to name the bank because this was done for a bank. <laughs> but one of the banks that we had worked with, uh, we noticed had a lot of inventory that was published on their website. Like their uh-huh. inventory for, for houses, their inventory for repossessed cars. And then clearly, you know, the bank doesn't want these assets, right? They, they want them sold. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, a, a bank is not, I don't know, a car collector. They, they they wanted to move the inventory of the cars, which was one of the goals for, they wanted to move some of their more stale inventory, which was one of the goals that they gave us for marketing. And the, the trick part was they already had a page for it. It's mm-hmm. just that people were not going to the page. And when you started to take a look at it, it's because you would land on a page and on the page is a single PDF with all of the inventory on it. And so to us, it was as simple as, no, why don't you publish that as a page? Don't publish it as a page that holds a PDF of a scanned inventory. Publish the inventory in HTML. Right, they rank for buy secondhand car and secondhand car and secondhand car for sale. Yeah, like this was yeah, this was pretty fast. Like it happened in like two three weeks, Mm -hmm. right? And remember, this was competing with Phil Coche and all of the other online stores that or or all of the other places that sell cars. And they as a bank, yeah, (laughs) as a bank, as a bank, they they rank for it, right? And the reason we did it that way was because we took a look at who they were competing with and everybody had a listing of inventory that they published. So it seemed like Google wanted to rank pages that were lists of inventories for that type of commodity, right? So it makes sense. Yeah, it's, uh, at the end of the day, it's easier for the, for the right. user to have it that right, way. Right, right. Because you're not asking them to perform an action like download a PDF no. and so on <laughs> and so forth, right? So they're not making it much of a hassle. But when we say, take a look at the Google search results, because that's sort of like a mouthful, like, what does that mean? What do you guys look for when you look at a competitor's piece of content in the Google search result? Of course, you're not going to look at just one. You're going to look at several of the the results on the page. The things that I specifically look for usually range from topics to the keywords. Right. And... If there are different types of uh, media used, uh, right, I, the I content formats that yeah, are on the exactly. page, right, or the way that the article is structured, right, the content structure. that that would be like the relationship between the H one and the subheaders of the of mm-hmm. the article, right? If there are YouTube videos yeah. embedded, right. Yeah, you mentioned another thing, right? Like you you said you took a look at the content, but you also took a look at the relationship of the keywords. Is there a difference between a content uh, a content gap and a keyword gap? Like is is there a difference between the two? Yes, of course, of course. Okay, so so what's a, a what's there? a keyword gap? What's a keyword uh, gap? Well, for one, with keyword gaps, I think what you have to look at there is if it's an informational keyword, right, or a commercial keyword, right, a transactional keyword. It'll tell Google basically what what the page is for, right? If it's a product okay. page or a feature right. of a product, so that. It's so, yeah, so I, I guess as an example, right, and I'll do, I'll go back to an old content experiment we did, like way back when. If you guys Google SEO training, digital marketing training, digital marketing training Philippines, SEO training Philippines, you'll see True Logic in the first page. To all of you guys that have been fooled by that page, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, yes, we do teach SEO, but we sort of do it with partners. Like we don't, we don't facilitate the training ourselves. But the page was set up to as a content experiment, right? Because same thing that you were you were talking about, where there is a keyword that somebody is ranking for, and we're wondering why are they position one, position two, 
And then why are we on the sixth page, right? That's a gap, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're on the first page, we're on the sixth. That's a gap of like 50, 60 positions. And we're wondering, okay, what will it take to bridge that gap? Like what would it take to get on the first page? What are they doing to satisfy the intent of that keyword that we're not, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're breaking down the pages from what does its URL look like? What does its H1 look like? What does the contextual relationship of all of the remaining pages look like? What do the alt images look like? What do the other content formats look like? Does it use a breadcrumb? Is it getting refreshed frequently? Is somebody adding fresh content to it? Does it allow comments? Like all of that goes goes into that, right? And then and, and you wind up with this one piece of content that's meant to bridge that gap, like meaning cross the 40, 50 position gap so that it ranks on position one, two, three. It's it's usually somewhere between the first to the seventh position, like this SEO training and this digital marketing training keyword. And, and we did that by taking a look at who's ranking mm-hmm. and how do we do it better, right? Who's ranking? What trust signals do they use and how do we do that better? Um, and that's sort of how we, how we bridge that. that gap, right? So when we're doing... Content gap analysis. I think you already touched on on one of the items there, where where you talked about up some of the best practices, right? Like Google is your oracle. You want mm-hmm. you want to rank on Google. Take a look at who ranks on. Take a look at who's ranking number one, number two, number three. Mm-hmm. If you want to be on number one, number two, number three, you got to be as good as whoever's currently there. Uh, but what else? What else happens in the process of doing a content gap analysis? So sure, look at who's ranking on Google, and then. Well, there are other things to, mm-hmm. to discover, right? If you're performing, you can you have tools, right? Uh, right. I, I think an example of that is like how we use Screaming Frog to scan a page, like how much of your content is readable, what URL, meta title, meta description are you using? Mm-hmm. So, so that's one, right? You also have we also have tools like Ahrefs, um, and I think you guys are taught to use some of these more right. technical mm-hmm. tools, right, Coach? Where yeah. if you plug a URL in. You can see what keywords are driving traffic to that specific page so that you can steal it. Or <laughs> uh, which pieces of content actually works. Right, right. Which ones are working, which ones are not working. And then what happens? So sure, so sure look at Google and then sure use tools to verify that what you think is the approach you want to do is the approach that will work. And then what happens next? And then next you audit, of course, your own content. Right. You QA. Basically, if you want to make it easier or more objective, you can create a checklist right. of the things or elements that you want to look at right. and go through every piece of content you have. Or if you want to start fresh, you can start. When, out of curiosity, when you guys produce mm-hmm. original content, fresh content, do you guys still have to plug it through Copyscape or whatnot just to verify its originality or not really when you produce it from scratch? I still do it. Um, so why? Out. Why? Because you know you you built the content from scratch. Why plug it into Copyscape anyway? I want to see if anyone's if anyone sounds like right, me. right, like <laughs> just by sheer coincidence, <laughs> right. right? I I think that's excellent practice, by the way. So okay, so you do a Google search. Google is your oracle. You use some technical tools to figure out: Do you have the right algorithmic elements in your content mm-hmm. that helps Google understand your content? And then you audit your own work, like you read through it. You try to find out: Does it resonate with the target audience that you were getting after? Mm-hmm. I think in in a previous podcast we talked about you having somebody else read read, read through right. your content, right? Which I think falls within this part of the process where mm-hmm. you're auditing your content, plug it into Copyscape, just to make sure that you know 
even out of some weird chance of coincidence, you don't <laughs> sound like somebody else on the internet, right? And then is that it? Like, is is that a wrap to the whole process? No, of course you want to make sure you've completely bridged that gap. Right. So you can manually search your competitors' websites. Right. And check for if any gap still exists. Right. Like, okay, so if so let's say you're already successful at quote unquote stealing their traffic for this specific topic. Are they performing well over anything else that you could benefit from? Which I think, and, and you know, I've always said it, all is fair in love, war, and digital marketing. But, right? So, okay, that's true. That's true. So do a search against your competitors and see, are they ignoring anything that might drive a traffic benefit to your brand? Okay, that, that sort of makes sense. And, you know, it's a tragedy that we sort of have to wrap this up after, you know, only a few minutes. But I will say, Partly because I hope it creates great value to you guys. The other because our our marketing manager is twisting my arm to say it. <laughs> but I would like to invite you guys to to the True Logic uh, masterclass that's happening soon. A lot of we're we're coming up with a masterclass for you guys simply because a lot of people are asking, um, and so that is why that content will get why we will produce that content. Uh, Poch, thank you for joining me for two podcasts so far. I mean, for everybody that's been following us, that's been listening, that's been downloading the podcast, thank you very much for, for listening to our episodes. This has been another episode of the True Logic DX podcast. If you have any questions, comments, topic suggestions, especially topic suggestions, feel free to give us a, a shout out on social media. We're on, we're on Facebook and on LinkedIn. We're also on YouTube and check out our website for more digital marketing resources. The True Logic DX podcast is produced by our friends at Pod Machine. And don't forget to subscribe to us by setting up an alert for new episodes. Thank you very much for joining us yet again. I'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to the True Logic DX podcast, an audio production show for people who want to take their digital marketing game to the next level. True Logic DX is powered by Pod Machine. If you enjoyed today's episode, follow at TrueLogic on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Check out our website at www.truelogic.com.ph for more information on digital marketing. And make sure to catch our upcoming episodes on your favorite podcast network. Until next time, 